Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. Subscribe and like on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like and subscribe there as well. And also happy Friday, happy weekend. Enjoying your summer, I would assume. Aaron Rose is joining me to talk a little bit about rumors and also summer league. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Exciting time. The offseason, it seems like, is always more exciting by the year and maybe sometimes more exciting than the season. So uh, excited to join you for some offseason and summer league chatter. Yeah, man. KD. Kevin Durant, he's still a uh, he's still on the market, a trade market, I suppose. And still at this moment, it appears that the Raptors, uh, the Suns and the Brooklyn Nets are the likely teams that he will be playing with next season. In some order, the Suns would be the clear favorite. It seems like I mean, if you want to read the tea leaves, that that is the team he wants to end up on. After that, it gets a little bit murky. The Raptors, I mean, as we all know, I don't want to go through too much of the stuff where like we've already rehashed a lot of these things because everyone kind of knows the deal. The Raptors could probably offer one of the more appealing packages, but Scotty Barnes is not on the market. He even said so himself. He's like, yep, I know I'm not on the market. I've been told that by the Raptors that uh, I'm not going to be going anywhere. So we know that already. What is the second best package? What is the third best package? Where are you with Kevin Durant potentially being a Toronto Raptor? Well, I think... I think the Suns' chances of getting Kevin Durant took a hit yesterday with the news that the Pacers were going to offer sheet and signed an offer sheet for um, Miles, or not Miles Turner, excuse me, DeAndre Ayton. And yeah. we know Ayton's going back to Phoenix on that offer sheet, but now he can't be traded without his consent for a year and can't be traded regardless of his consent until January mm. 15th. So they can't trade him this summer. And that makes the package for Durant a little bit more complicated. You could throw in Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and make something there, and they have their draft picks to do it. But that package is looking a lot you know, less appealing than it did a few weeks ago when we were sure. thinking maybe they could sign and trade Aiden, throw in Bridges, a couple of picks, and get it done, which makes the chances of Toronto being able to pull off an offer uh, a lot more realistic, I think. That being said, I still don't think it happens. And I, and I feel like I've been a wet blanket on trade talks all summer. But I go back to what Masai Ujiri said at his season-ending press conference, which was, we have a young core. We want to be patient. We're going to let this group grow. And the core mm. is the core. Now, when he said that, he probably wasn't picturing Kevin Durant becoming available. But still, you would have to, just to make the salaries match, you have to give up a lot of quality players, valuable players, yeah. just to make the financials work. So we talked about a Scotty Barnes trade that probably won't happen. And you'd have to throw in more to that to make it happen. Now you're talking about moving uh, Pascal Siakam and maybe another piece and future picks. <clears throat> we know no. Masai Ujiri has never traded away multiple first round picks in a deal. He'd have yeah. to do that for Durant. And now you're talking about moving away two valuable pieces. And you have to make sure that if you're trading for Kevin Durant, you still have a team to put around Kevin Durant that can contend for a championship. And that's mm. my big question. If they move heaven and earth, to get Kevin Durant, do they still have a championship group? And I'm skeptical they still will. Yeah, if we're 
for Kevin Durant, a team probably has to trade uh, in terms of salary, $35.2 million. That's kind of around the number that it has to be. And the Raptors, they can have, they can get there in a lot of different ways. And that's something that, you know, the Suns, they don't have that kind of flexibility. However, as you talked about, I mean, Pascal Siakam, if you do acquire Kevin Durant, you need Pascal Siakam on your team. If you want to, because now you're all of a sudden, you're escalating your timeline. You want to be a championship team. And he's already proven to be a number uh, two option. And at the, you know, he could potentially be a number one. It seems like he's taken this off season very seriously. Nick nurse was quoted saying that when he talked to Pascal a few weeks ago, that he said, I'm taking another step, which you love to hear. And I have no doubt. I have no reason to believe that Pascal won't take that step, but you need Pascal. And so Scotty Barnes potentially is, well, he's off the market. Pascal Siakam, you need What's after that? Then it's probably OJ and Obi. It's Gary Trent Jr. who will be a free agent or at least have a player option after next season, which he will surely opt out of. It's picks. It's a package that the Raptors could offer, but I mean, I still hesitate to do it. Like Kevin Durant's a lot less appealing to me these days. Um, initially when it happened, I was like, oh, that's interesting because he's Kevin freaking Durant. You, you really consider that. But then you think about the Raptors, where they are, the pieces that they have. I think they are going to get to a tipping point with some of these players where they can't keep all of them because they're going to get way too expensive. And so maybe they do make a splash. Typically, you know, when it comes to free agents and like these superstar players, it's like, you know, players like Gary Trent Jr., guys like OG Ananobi who have like a lot of upside, or at least, well, I mean, OG has more upside than Gary Trent Jr. We can talk about that on a different day, maybe on a, a preview podcast for next season. But it's players like that and then it's draft picks. And you just have to make a decision at some point. Like, who are you going to decide that you're going to trade away for that superstar player because you're entering your championship window? And it's a really weird time for Kevin Durant to enter the trade market. I think that's kind of what we're getting at because even like a team like the Pelicans, they could make a trade. They could make it happen, but they also don't know what they have yet because Zion Williamson is like this person who's been orbiting around them saying, I'm going to come back at some point. And he just obviously just signed the max extension. So you want to see what you have with Ingram and uh, CJ McCollum and Zion Williamson. And then Memphis Grizzlies, another team that could make a trade if they wanted to, but they got a lot of pieces that they probably want to figure out too. They don't want to trade, you know, Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson. They want to see what they have. So Katie's in a weird spot, you know? He's so valuable. He's so good. He could potentially be like the leading scorer next season, but yeah, his his value right now is a little bit off. And also, I think the the Nets kind of overplayed their hand a little bit. You know? Yeah, I just think that when I'm looking at Raptors packages, it's like you have to include Scotty Barnes, you have to include Pascal Siakam, Siakam, because we're talking about Kevin Durant here, one of the best players in the league. But at yeah. the same time. People are talking about, oh, OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. as a realistic package. To me, that's not nearly enough, but it's also the most the Raptors could give up while still being able to retain something like a championship uh, contention group around yeah, Kevin Durant. Sure. So to me, the two sides just don't match that well. The Raptors, while they do have all the assets, all the first round picks, all the young players to go after him, it doesn't match up where you have a championship contention or you're giving up to me what's the package that Kevin Durant deserves. If you could lowball them and send them something that you know is way under what I have as a projected value, which is you know a sure. top tier player and multiple picks, sure you can do it. But I think Kevin Durant is still one of the best players in the world, and if you're going to make a realistic package, especially if we hear that the Nets are looking for a monumental package, they ask the Timberwolves for Dion for for Carl Anthony Towns an ant-man if they're that's looking crazy, for something man. like that <laughs> that's crazy they want they want heaven and earth and and i just don't think see the raptors yeah. are, as yeah. a team that's going to do that hey man shoot your shot right <laughs> ask for the world and see what comes back and og and anobi he's been in so many rumors how valuable or how like truthful were those rumors 
I'm not really sure he was in there with Rudy Gobert. He was in there with the, uh, with the uh, Portland Trailblazers. I think, I mean, and this is why his name keeps on coming up is because he is so valuable these days. Like he is so in demand, a player that can, you know, defend one to five in some cases who can defend multiple positions, who can shoot the three. And he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of uh, offensive upside and he's under contract for two more years on one of the most uh, generous contracts these days, $18 million a year for OJ and that is a deal, a bargain for what he's able to offer. And think about what he could become next season, the year after, man, like he's going to be a valuable player in the NBA for years to come. And the Raptors them being like, I'm not going to trade him unless I really, really, really think that I'm going to be getting a person back who is going to help us get into a championship window. Um, and Kevin Durant fits that. I also think that Masai likes his people. Right. He's very loyal to his guys. And he said time and time again that, yo, I want to give Fred and Pascal and OG a chance. I want to give him a chance to make something. I want to see them grow. And he gave the same chance to Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan and Dwayne Casey. Obviously, there was a tipping point with that. Hello, Kawhi Leonard. But I think he wants to give them a shot. And next season, you know, considering how funky this past season was and all that, all the moving parts, all the injuries, if they were just healthy for the full year, I think they could have potentially, you know, been a top four seed. Right. And if they're healthy next season, you have some better injury luck. You have a full season of Pascal Siakam. Who knows, man? Who knows how high they can go? I see some projections saying that they're going you know, to be a five seed. There's like, you know, Miami and Philly and, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Like those are the teams and, and Boston, obviously. Those are the teams that are in the upper echelon. Okay. But it only takes like one injury for a team to all of a sudden go down out of that top tier. The Raptors go in. Things change a lot. Um, I'm starting to think that this trade doesn't happen for the Raptors. Yeah, and it's not about I think that Masai Ujiri thinks this way or whatever. Yeah. He told us these things. He told us that he wanted to see yeah. this group. And again, as you mentioned, this isn't like the team that went out and traded for Kawhi Leonard that Masai knew. That was a veteran group. That team had a ton of depth, and he had seen them bump their heads over and over again against the mm -hmm. LeBron James ceiling. He doesn't know how good this team is. And the other thing is, as we talked about, this team – has some depth, but I call it sort of weird depth. They don't have a ton of depth where they're bringing Fred Van Vliet off the bench and Dorman Powell yeah. off the bench and Serge Ibaka off the bench. They don't have those kinds of players where Jakob Pertl is your third center, where you can condense a bunch of your depth and turn it into a superstar. So right now, I'm sticking with what Masai Ujiri said in his season-ending press conference and saying, I don't think the Raptors are going to make a big trade this year. We can talk about some other options, but I'm probably just going to throw a damp towel on all of it because I think <laughs> that's what Masai, or that is what Masai said, and I'm just yeah. holding him to his word. Yeah. All right, let's go down that uh, that trade package, what could potentially happen. So Donovan Mitchell, and like as we're talking about this, and I messaged you about this today, the New York Knicks are really interested in Donovan Mitchell, like really, really interested. Like they've been creeping uh, in Utah for a couple of years now and showing that they really want him. Um, but if the Raptors were to show interest, what is your feeling on Donovan Mitchell on the Raptors? 26 points per game last season, 44% uh, shooting, 35% from three, superior athleticism, a great shot creator. He'd be the best shot creator on the Raptors, and he would obviously help them with their penetration, getting in the paint, something that they're really struggling with. Um, it's one of the reasons why they just simply don't have a great half-court offense. What are your thoughts on Donovan Mitchell being a Toronto Raptor? Well, I think everything you just said there is 100%, right? He is yeah. a fantastic offensive player. He would be the Raptors' best offensive player. But I do have questions about that. Masai Ujiri, uh -huh. at that season-ending press conference that we keep going back to, said he wants two-way players. And I asked him, what if there was a player who was really talented, objectively a really good basketball player, but didn't fit what the Raptors were looking for? And mm. he said something along the lines of, we're looking for two-way players, and if we can't find them, 
we will develop them. That's what they're trying to do. He also joked about how that's Bobby Webster's idea, or sorry, that's Bobby Webster's job to find those guys. But to me, what he was saying was, we don't want guys like Rudy Gobert. We don't want guys like Donovan Mitchell who don't play one side of the court. They want guys who do it all. They want guys who can do a little bit of everything. And the other thing is, you know, we just came out of an era where Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet were the two point guards together. And this is not to slag them because those were successful guys playing beside each other. But Mm -hmm. I have questions. If you can throw out a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who's maybe six feet tall, and a guy like Donovan Mitchell, I think's listed at six foot one, as you're starting backcourt and win on a nightly basis with that size. I have the same questions about the New York Knicks being able to do it with Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell. And I think if you're going out and acquiring a guy who really only plays one side, and he plays that side spectacularly among the best players in the league, but to me, he doesn't fit what the Raptors are looking for. And to give up, all of the future first round picks. Again, Masai Ujiri has never traded multiple first round picks in a trade. And to give up all that and players, the kind of package that we know the Jazz are looking for, something that's you know worth more than five or six first round picks together, mm-hmm. whether that's players and picks, I think that's too much for the Raptors to do right now, especially when we know he wants to bring back this core. The Raptors want to bring back this core and see what they can do together next season. Yeah. Respect to his 6'10 wingspan though. I can't believe he has a 6'10 wingspan. That's insane. Wow. So, so maybe that makes him yeah. a Raptors guy, but I think he's exactly. six foot tall, six foot one. Yeah, and I is, have some questions yeah. again about his defense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Rudy Gobert, as I mean, indirectly, he has called him out in some way saying that, you know, uh, if guys can't keep players from getting to the rim, yes, it makes my life hard. And they've had obviously their, their issues. And that's why there was a boiling point. Rudy Gobert is now on the Minnesota Timberwolves. They got their twin towers thing, which is going to be interesting to see. But I think about, you know, was it, that no one held him accountable. Like there's obviously some God given limitations for him, but clearly he's athletic enough to guard players right at the shooting guard position. He can do it. It's just like, he, I don't know, for whatever reason, he just didn't decide to do it. So do you think the Raptors could find a way if he was brought brought into the culture and they had a conversation with them and they said, you know, you got to do this. This is how we play. This is like a non-negotiable. Do you think that they could find a way to make him play defense at 25 years old? And and I'm sure the Raptors made Gary Trent Jr. a better defensive player. Now, Gary is by no means a great defensive player. I'm not even sure he's a good defensive player, but he is a better defensive player than he was when he showed up from Portland. So I'm sure the Raptors would make Donovan Mitchell a better defensive player. But I'm not trading all of the things that they want, all those future picks, Mm. Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, that kind of package, the kind of package we were just talking about for Kevin Durant, I'm not giving up as as the Raptors front office for Donovan Mitchell and then having to answer these questions. How good yeah. can he be defensively? Sure. Will he fit with our system? If it was a plug and play player like Kevin Durant, like Kawhi Leonard, where I have everything answered and now I think I'm a championship team, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll move heaven and earth. I'll do all those yeah. things that I have to do to get that type of player. But I'm not sure Donovan Mitchell is that type of player. And to give up what it seems like they're looking for, a package, as I said, that's going to be more than Rudy Gobert. And to me, that was a crazy trade in the first place. That seems <laughs> like something the Raptors aren't going to be open to this yeah. summer. In the end, I do think that players end up going where they want to go in the NBA. And so that's why I do think that Kevin Durant's going to be a Phoenix Sun. And I do think Donovan Mitchell, if he is traded, he's going to be a New York Nick. And how that works, Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, that is not, like, as you said, that's not something that I think is going to work in, t- in the modern NBA. Sure, you might win a round. Sure, you might win two rounds. But you are not going to win a championship with that as your, as your backcourt. That's just how I feel. It is what it is. Moving on to another player that was, again, sprinkled into some rumors and uh, could be a person that the Raptors may show some interest in uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, a player that is obviously, you know, catch and shoot, 
uh, three-point shooter. He's very good at that. That's kind of his hallmark. He's been the in the Utah system for a few years. And as they look to offload all of these contracts and go into tank mode, he could be available via trade. What are your feelings on him becoming a Toronto Raptor? Because I don't like it personally, but yeah, go ahead. He's sort of similar to Otto Porter Jr. in the sense that he's got that size and he's a three-point yeah. shooter. He's probably a better three-point shooter than Otto Porter Jr. And But the Raptors just brought in Otto Porter. And then the other thing is that contract. I think he's making something like $19.3 million. And mm. just to make the salaries work, you have to start putting together a package that might be better than, than Bogdan Bogdanovich because yeah. you don't want to trade Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi or Gary Trent Jr. or Fred Van Vliet. Scotty and Precious aren't moving in a deal. So now you're talking about, you know, I sort of put together one package that works and it's that young who's only trade eligible because he signed an extension now it might be a tough look to trade a guy right after you <laughs> extended him but if the raptors wanted yeah. to be cutthroat they could do it you throw in ken birch and maybe malachi flynn delano yeah. banton someone like that to make the salaries work and you probably have to send them a pick or two because mm. that's the direction they're going and to me yeah. i'm not sure i want to do that including a first round pick for a guy who i think he's like 34 years old he's not a great defensive player fine because he has that size but to me the raptors already have enough depth there now are they a great mm. three-point shooting team no but i think i want to see Otto porter in that role and adding another guy that's sort of similar to that style is not something I think the Raptors probably want to move even one first round pick for right now. Yeah. And after I brought this up to you, I did some number crunching and he shoots 38.8% on catch and shoot threes, a good percentage, but on similar attempts, OG Fred and Gary are all shooting better percentages. So he doesn't really raise your ceiling there defensively. As you said, maybe not a great one-on-one defender on the perimeter um, in the post, as we saw with Kawhi Leonard um, back a, a few years ago, when he had to take on that matchup, he did a decent job, but I just don't think he's a ceiling raiser. I don't think he's going to make them that much better. So no to him. Goodbye. We're not making any trades. All right, we're focusing on development. And so we pivot to Summer League. Christian Coloco, who's been, I would say, pretty good. We wanted to see him do things that he was sold uh, to do in college and that he could be able to help the Raptors do and, and be a rim protector and all that kind of stuff. And I think defensively, at the very least, he has exceeded my expectations. How about you? I think defensively, he's, he's been good. I think yeah. that so, certainly the first game he had foul trouble, he would have fouled out had it been a normal NBA game. I think he had six fouls and there's a 10 foul maximum or, or whatever limit at Summer League. Yes. But he'll learn that, he'll develop. I think what we're realizing is he's really, really thin. He's seven feet tall, seven foot one, whatever it is but really, really thin. And you see that he has issues on the offensive side of the ball. His yeah. offense is very, very raw. Now, he's shown some ability or at least a willingness to take catch and shoot shots. I think he hit his first three-pointer. He didn't hit a single three-pointer in college and then hit one uh, the other mm -hmm. night in summer league. And we've seen him even in the mid-range shot where he, he's willing to take that shot. But when he gets the ball down low, with the exception of one uh, post move and I think a hook shot he made over, ironically, Bruno Co Co Caboclo, not Coloco, Say it again. Coloco. Say it again. Made the shot over Caboclo. <laughs> uh, other than that one shot, we've seen him miss a ton of post-up yeah. moves. Now, that's something yeah. that's going to develop along the way. Now, I know there were maybe people saying this guy's a guy who could contribute next season to the Raptors. And I've said, hold your horses on that. We're talking about the 33rd pick, a player who is very, very raw. Mm. The Raptors drafted him because he's seven feet tall. But if he was seven feet tall and refined, he would have been the first pick, not the 33rd pick. And when you're yeah. drafting a guy like that, throw him in the G League, give him a year, give him half a year, maybe give him two years, and then see what he looks like down the road. So this is a developmental pick for mm. the Raptors. I would not be expecting big things from him this year. You're right. We have seen his defensive, and that size is going to make a difference. He is yeah. deterring shots. He is blocking shots. He will not let you get inside, and I think you see that 
in summer league. The question is, is he going to be able to defend against much bigger bodies in the NBA regular season? And right now I have questions about that. And then on the offensive end, he has a lot of development still to come. Offensively, yes, there is a lot of polishing that has to happen there. And that possession that you're talking about against Bruno Caboclo, that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, all right, so he have something here. There's something there. He looked a lot more comfortable um, previously in a few other games and gets that Bulls game, especially. He looked really hesitant, really raw. Again, he looked like he was like a deer in headlights. He didn't know where was where he was going to go, where the offense was coming from. His footwork was off. And I think that's just, again, that's him getting his reps in, understanding where his opportunities are. And in that possession against Bruno Caboclo, it's so funny that it was against him but you saw that patience you saw him like you know going east west finding his way down towards the basket and the jump hook is there that's gonna have to be his like his engine for his offense like he has that base and then he uses that to find other ways to orchestrate offense for himself in the post but obviously there's a lot of work to be done you mentioned something about him next season with the raptors and i think that's what people are really curious about you know how impactful if at all could he be on the raptors next season and with this team with them being already so good defensively they finished ninth in defensive rating. I would think Nick Nurse, he would want to be probably in the top five. That's how they are probably, you know, engine to be, right? And how do they get there? Is it going to be, you know, development from other players? Is it going to be uh, better rim protection? Is it going to be just, you know, better health? It could be that. Or do you think that a person like Coloco in 10 to 15 minutes, just because he already has so many skills that the Raptors simply don't have, just from the activity standpoint, the length standpoint, the burst, um, to get to certain par- parts of the court quicker than other players and then just be like a rim detractor. Like there was a possession uh, in that jazz game where Jared Butler, um, a guard for the Utah jazz, he had a layup and he just looked back and Coloco was like around the free throw line. And the guy did not take a layup because he just saw Coloco barreling down on him. I think stuff like that at seven to one with a 20 inch vertical, mind you, not bad for someone who's seven one, seven five wingspan. I think that stuff does translate to the NBA pretty quickly. He is raw. He does probably have to put on like 10 to 15 pounds or whatever it is. Um, you know, probably there's like six weeks span before training camp, but there are things that will translate to the NBA pretty fast just because the Raptors are already damn good defensively. They just need a little bit of rim protection. It's going to help them get to a different tier. Yeah, to me, I would just rather him spend those 30 minutes a night in the G League working with somebody like Rico Hines, Mm. who's with the Raptors this year. We'll see where he's placed. But that could be somebody he works with putting on that weight and getting far more playing time um, with the G League next season. And I'm totally comfortable. The Raptors, you're right. They don't have the seven foot size to to hang in the paint, but they don't play those guys very often. You're talking about the Joel Embiid's. You're talking Mm. about the uh, Jokic players of the world, maybe Jonas Valanciunas, who are seven feet tall who are going to bang in the paint that you need a guy like Coloco for. But if you're putting Coloco against Joel Embiid in his rookie season, you're going to have a five alarm fire every single time Joel Embiid gets the ball. So you're talking about potentially needing some size against smaller guys. And I'm totally comfortable having Precious Achua or Pascal Siakam or OGN and Obi do that on a nightly basis because the biggest guys in the league, the ones that you want a seven footer for, I'm not comfortable right now with putting uh, Christian Coloco in those situations to take on the uh, Steven Adams, the Jonas Valanciunas Mm. on on the lower end of that sort of supersized center scale, let alone the guys like Jokic and Joel Embiid night after night. So I would rather him put on that weight, get time with in the G League for most of the season. Maybe we see him in the second half of the season if his development is quicker, but maybe next year. That is sort of what I'm looking for. Spend this season putting on weight, learning the game of basketball, fine-tuning those skills that we've seen Mm. in there are that are in there in glimpses. But let's see what you're like next summer when when maybe you've had a full season of development under your belt. 
Well, he's unsigned still. He does not have a contract yet. So what do you think is going to be coming his way when it's all said and done? Well, to me, it's certainly interesting that he doesn't have a contract. Now, maybe Uh there's nothing to see here. However, the Raptors... Oh, come on. There's something to see here. There is something to see. It seems like they don't know if they are a taxpayer team or a non-taxpayer team. And we just spent a while talking about Kevin Durant and how I don't think it's going to happen. However, it seems like the Raptors are leaving their options open. So what do I mean Mm. by that? They need to know if they have more room in the taxpayer exemption, which they probably don't have because of the Otto Porter Jr. contract. And if they want to be a tax team, all they have to spend is that taxpayer exception, which is being eaten up by Otto Porter Jr., if they are not a taxpayer team, they have plenty of room to sign uh, Christian Coloco to a three or four year contract. Yeah. But it seems like right now they want to leave that flexibility open just in case they get a deal for Kevin Durant or someone else that throws them into the tax. Mm. If they find that deal and they're going to be a taxpayer team, I believe they can only sign Coloco either to a minimum deal and he'll probably get more than that or yeah. with the biannual exception to a two-year deal that comes up every two years, hence the name biannual exception. But yeah. right now, the Raptors are leaving their options open. Are we going to be a tax team? If so, he'll get the biannual exception. If they're not a tax team, then they can sign him to the standard mid-level exception and give him whatever's left after that Otto Porter Jr. deal. It's all complicated, nuanced CBA, but essentially <laughs> it's just leaving the flexibility open to be a tax team and maybe go after somebody like Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things to figure out for the Toronto Raptors. And thank you for outlining that. I hope people appreciate it because that was a lot of numbers and terms. So uh, you laid it up very nicely. Much appreciated. Okay. So that's the Christian Coloco story unsigned at the moment. Things, well, things up in the air. Will he be in the G league? Will he be in the NBA? Another player that probably will be joining um, potentially Christian Coloco in the G league is Ron Harper jr the undrafted player that they brought in and via Eric Corrine, he wrote a story the other day and he was saying that uh, the Raptors were the first team that reached out to Ron Harper jr. um, When he went undrafted and also that he said his best character trait when it comes to being an NBA player is that he will fill any role that is necessary because he just wants to win games. That sounds like a Raptor to me. And Trevor Gleason called him a Hooper, a very trendy term these days. So he was officially signed to a two-way contract. He's there. He's had some ups and downs in uh, in Summer League so far. But there are certainly some appealing aspects of his game that I think would really help the Toronto Raptors in terms of, you know, the next few years. So what do you think you've seen from Ron Harper Jr.? What do you like? What do you dislike? What uh, What's your takeaway? I think, I think you're right to say that there have been some ups and downs. He's lacking yep. consistently. I, I'm not looking at this guy as someone saying, wow, he's really you know dominating in Summer League, and, and we're mm. talking about an undrafted player. So not that sure. anyone was expecting him to come in and dominate Summer League. Now, he's sort of a tweener in the sense that he's a little bit big and thick and tall to be tr- sort of a traditional point guard, but he's a little bit undersized to be more of a forward. So traditionally, that's not going to work in the NBA. However, we've seen the Raptors like these type of guys. They liked a guy like Justin Champagny, who we just talked about signed to contract, one of those guys that just got a new deal. They like him who's a little bit undersized, but is a really good rebounder. So tweeners always work a little bit both ways. If you're too slow to guard opposing guards, then you've got a problem. If you're too slow to guard guards and too short to guard bigs, then you have a problem. Conversely, maybe you can use that size advantage because he's strong enough to bulldoze Mm -hmm. through um, smaller guards. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And he's faster than big. So it sort of goes both ways with player like that. Are you going to take advantage of the mismatch or are you going to be taken yeah. advantage of because of the mismatches you create? And that'll be a question we'll have to see moving forward, probably in the G League this summer. Right now, I'm not convinced that he's going to be an impact player for the Raptors anytime soon. Mm. But again, throw him in the G League for the season and let's see what he's like down the road because he's a guy, as I said, a tweener and we'll have to see which way that mismatch goes. Is it for him or is it for the other team? Yeah, and the, his catch and shoot game, like I, I think that's probably the biggest reason why the Raptors wanted to bring him in is that he gets a shot off really quickly. They may want to tweak his jumper a little bit because it does look a little bit uh, strange at times. Doesn't get a lot of arc on it, and that's uh, something that they I think they work with Norm Powell on because he also had kind of a lane a line drive shot similar to like a Jimmy Butler, but uh, they worked with him and he got his follow through better, and that helped him be a better three point shooter. So I think they're going to probably look at that a little bit. And uh, you mentioned Rico Hines earlier. I wanted to mention this is that I found it really interesting that the Raptors are bringing in guys like Rico Hines and Earl Watson, two people who are well-respected among current NBA players. And I think that's something that we're seeing more and more from different NBA teams is that they're bringing in these personnel that are well-respected among like the NBA universe. When you do that, you just get a lot more respect from other NBA players, right? And that's obviously very important when it comes to free agency. And obviously they're very good at their jobs as well, but just having that like ear to what is happening in the NBA streets, kind of. It was a very wise move from the Raptors. And obviously we know the relationship that uh, Pascal Siakam has with Rico. He is running those runs and they're about to happen. Actually, he's going to be doing that all off season. And there's just a lot of like voices and secrets and personnel around him that could potentially, you know, be people that the Raptors look at in free agency in the future. So I just wanted to say that that was a really smart move. I love the move. And Kevin, Dur Kevin Durant is a player who has worked with Rico Hines in the past. Now, I, I'm not suggesting that he's going to be recruiting him or Kevin Durant needs a ton more development than he's going to Rico mm. Hines. But I did. I saw that name. Rico Hines is joining the Raptors, at least at Summer League. And I thought, hmm, let's see if there's a connection here. And sure enough, if you yeah. pull up YouTube, you can find that Rico Hines uh, and Kevin Durant have worked together in the past. There you go. There you go. The tree. Anyway, back to Ron Harper. He had said that he wanted to be the next undrafted player to be an all-star um, a few weeks ago similar to Fred Van Vliet. Um, so he's got the ambition. He's got the drive. Uh, it does seem like, you know, when, it, when you look at his game and like there's been a lot of turnovers, especially early on in some league that he just, the game was moving very, very fast for him. He just couldn't keep up with it. It slowed down a little bit for him. Um, I think that's been a, a positive sign. And I think he's going to keep on working on his game and trying to improve himself, but he is grabbing rebounds. And so three-point shooter, 
grabbing rebounds. That sounds like a Raptor to me and uh, a future probably rotation piece, someone that they're going to be able to rely on to just do a few things. And if you're getting that from an undrafted player, I mean, we, you know, the North star is a Fred Van Vliet, but if you have someone who's actually like a rotation player and they're undrafted, think of all the players that don't become anything who are second round picks, a very good sign. And I think he's going to be there because he's got that skill set. Yeah, and and it's it's somebody like Justin Champagne, another undrafted player yeah. whose three point shot wasn't there last season, but we saw it come along in the G League, and he's a tough rebounder, and again another one of those tweeners, but somebody who we saw as a rookie undrafted to a rotation player. Now he didn't get a lot of rotation minutes, and he didn't get long looks, but clearly there was something there that Nick Nurse liked. He got that second contract, and I wouldn't expect him to be a, a top of the line rotation player this year. But you say sure. somebody gets injured, you never know what's going to happen, and suddenly he becomes a guy that can contribute for 10 minutes a night down the road if, yeah. it, to pinch somebody in a, if somebody's dealing with an injury or just needs a night off. Ooh, I love those. Nights off for some of the star players. We could do some of those. Last 38-minute games from Pascal Siakam. I can't believe how many minutes he played, man. And he didn't lose his, his burst throughout the whole last, uh, last half of the season. It was crazy. And it just every single day, pedal to the metal. Crazy, man. Like, I can't believe how, how durable he was and how he just didn't get injured. He just kept on bringing it every single game. Wild, oh. wild stuff. Although we saw the toll it took on somebody like Fred Van Vliet, and I think the Raptors are going to yeah. work much harder next season, and, and they should have the depth to do it. But you can't be running your guys into the ground like I think they did, and we saw the, the wear yeah. and tear it took on Fred Van Vliet in the playoffs last year where he basically just mm. ran out of gas and couldn't do it any longer. Ooh, and this is a nice little pivot to this next player, Jeff Doughton, someone who's making all kinds of noise on the Raptors summer league team. Uh, he's averaging 16 points per game on 60% shooting, 33% from three, but I think that's not indicative of his three-point shooting. He's, he shot uh, 43.2% from three in the G League last season. So there's more there. Uh, four assists. I've enjoyed watching him just be like the dude. He just has all kinds of bursts. He penetrates. He's a three-level scorer, at least in the G League. Um, he gets to the rim. He's able to pass the ball. He's really good in the pick and roll. What do you think uh, of him? as an NBA player. And also like, what do you just think of it? What he's done so far? Yeah. Yeah. So full disclosure, I, I had never heard of him until Nick nurse mentioned, of him. course but, not, <laughs> but Nick went out of his way to mention him before the first summer league game and said, one of the yeah. guys we're really keeping an eye on is Jeff Dowden. So I, you know, went online. I was like, all right, who's this Jeff Dowden guy. So I kept an eye on him that first game. And I would, venture to say that he's probably been the Raptors best player. Maybe Delano Banton has been a little bit better, but Delano tailed off a little bit in that third game. Yeah. And his first game, while he put up a lot of points, was a little bit inconsistent, a ton of turnovers. So we've seen that consistency from Jeff Doughton and he's turning heads. The Raptors have one two-way spot open. And right now he would be my front runner for that spot because of what he's shown so far uh, at Summer League. He's, what I really like that he does is he's clearly a high IQ player because he grabs oh, yeah. the ball and the way the Raptors like to get into their offense is as fast as possible. That's why they're bringing in guys like Precious Achua who can grab the rebound and get up the court. They want guys mm -hmm. like Delano Banton who are tall point guards who can grab the ball and get up the court. We've seen Jeff Dowden. Now he's not that size. I think he's six foot three or something, but he'll grab the rebound and get right up the court and he's creating mismatches. And we saw him do that a couple times where he's creating early offense, even after an inbounds pass or whatever it is, he's creating offense for the Raptors that probably wasn't there. If you took your time, yeah. sometimes we see Malachi Flynn do that. Take your time, bringing the ball up the court and every second on the shot clock is a valuable second so he's getting right up there and i think you mentioned he, he's he's at least right now showing he can be a three-level scorer hit a clutch yep. shot right at the rim through contact um, to help the raptors win the game the other night we saw him a couple times with some step back shots maybe a turnaround mid-range shot and that three-point shot which hasn't entirely been there in summer league we know has been there in the past in the g league so mm -hmm. 
we're not talking about a guy who's going to come in and be an impact player again. I always have to quell, you know, expectations, not a guy who's going to be a difference maker right now, but throw him in the G League and see what you have. And maybe, God forbid, knock on wood, something happens to Fred Van Vliet and he needs some time off. You know, right now I'm comfortable mm. putting uh, Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam into that point guard spot if they need to, as we saw in the playoffs. But maybe you need a guard off the bench. And if Malachi Flynn hasn't taken that yeah. step, maybe Jeff Dowden is a guy you could look at as sort of a backup guard down the road. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody who is certainly through three games. And again, it's only summer league, but through three yeah. games in summer league, I believe has, has probably been the Raptors best player. And it's valuable that Nick Nurse actually mentioned him before this all started, that this is a guy we're watching. Then he merges in the starting lineup and he hasn't had a bad game yet. He's been really, really good. Backup point guard, or I guess whoever's going to play backup or point guard once uh, Fred Van Vliet was off the court, Scotty Barnes, Paso Siakam, like they didn't have the depth to supplement, you know, those guys going away from the small forward and power forward positions. Now having Otto Porter, a more consistent Chris Boucher, you can see how they'd be able to do it. But even still though, they do need a little bit more guard depth, just like someone who can go out there and just play solid minutes, who can run around, who can uh, go against the other shooting guards and other point guards, because you don't want, you know, Pascal and OG and so forth doing that. They're just still missing that body. Who knows, man? Like there's a lot of different things that the Raptors could do. And, you know, when you get into training camp, really, this is about you who can help us right now. And he's 25 years old. Obviously the Raptors don't care about that. 25 is just as good as 22 to them. It's no big deal. And, and if he gets in there and he's able to really show that he can actually compete against some of these NBA players. And that's the thing that I think that they want to see is like, can he do this at the next level? Right. And his IQ, as you mentioned, it's a thing that really sticks out to me. He can pass. He does have that speed that is able to probably translate pretty well to the NBA, like speed is speed. Right. And he's able to uh, use his handle to get in the lane and he's able to finish down there. Like, I, I don't know, man, I feel like he's going to be able to translate this to the NBA. Um, not maybe not like he's not going to be averaging 16 points a game or anything like that. But I think uh, if the Raptors don't take a chance on him, I, I could see someone taking a chance on him. Like the team that we just talked about, Utah Jazz, who have just like are, are about to do a fire sale, trading everyone. If they just need someone to come in and play point guard for a season. Why not Jeff Doughton? Why not? Right. We'll have to see. He's, he's certainly earning himself a paycheck somewhere in the league as sort yeah. of a two-way player, a high-end G League player who could, you know, if we see issues again in the league where COVID pops up again and players have to miss time, like we saw, how many G League players did we see in the NBA last season? We know the Raptors had yeah. issues with that, but he certainly showed himself that he's a guy who's a tweener sort of in the conversation as as they would yeah. call in baseball, a 4A guy, somebody who's probably too good for the G League. We'll see what you can do at the, the highest level. All right. Shifting to another tweener in a way, Delano Banton, who is now a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward. That's the, that's the idea is that he can play all these positions. And you can see that sometimes he gets a little bit ahead of himself. He's had some good times, you know, in the G league, he's one of four players averaging at least 15, five and five in summer league. The other people, uh, Montero, AJ Lawson, another Canadian go Canada and Mac McLung. And then it's Delano Banton. He's been playing really fast. A lot of turnovers. He's getting to the free throw line. The three point shot looks good. What have you liked from him so far? So so for me with Delano Banton, it's not the points per game. The three-point shot is nice, and we've seen that a couple times that he's shown that off both in catch-and-shoot opportunities and pull-up opportunities, which is really impressive to see. But put all those numbers aside. If I was just now, I watched the games, but if I was just looking at the box score stats at the end of the game, yeah. I would scroll past everything else and go right to the turnovers. Because to mm. me, that first game where he put up those numbers was impressive that he was able to do that, but he had seven turnovers or, or six turnovers, whatever it was, and that's way too many. So I don't 
care so much about the highs of Delano Ben. I care about limiting those lows because I know mm. when he came out, when he was in the rotation briefly last season, he came out of the rotation because Nick Nurse felt like he couldn't trust him to maintain what the Raptors needed him to do. If you're coming yeah. in the game and you're turning over the ball because you're getting ahead of yourself, because you're making bad decisions when you're getting into the lane and you're making bad passes under the hoop mm. or, or you're just making mistakes, that's when you're coming out of the rotation, no matter how high the highs are. If you're making those mistakes, you're coming right out. Yeah. So to me, that's what I need to see coming for, going forward. It's not about the points. It's not about anything else. It's about seeing the game slow down for him. Sometimes we know he's got that speed. We know he's got that length that he can get up the court in a hurry. And I love that. I love to see him as a sort of a change of pace guy. Fred Van Vliet comes out, he comes in. That's the ideal role. But if he can slow down the game so that he's making fewer mistakes and fewer turnovers, that's when he's going to be the most successful. As Nick Nurse always talks about, it's about consistency. And it's just yeah. limiting those floors. For me, that's really all I care about for Delano. Banton. So when I'm looking at him moving forward, it's all about, are you slowing down? Are you getting to those spots? And are you not coughing up the ball? If, even mm. if you're not getting as many points, that's okay. As long as you're not making the mistakes. They've thought about playing him a, a small forward a little bit too. And I wonder if that could be where his role ends up being in the NBA next season, because if you want to do Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes at point guard, cool. And if you're simplifying things for Delano Banton, like these are the three things you're doing. Instead of playing point guard where there's a lot more room for error, go play small forward and just be like, if his three point shot is actually that much better. Now he's like, you're a three point shooter and he's attacking off closeouts and he can get to the rim. And when he gets there four free throws a game so far in summer league, I think that's like a sneaky appealing side to him is that he's able to finish through contact because he's got so much height and verticality and he's long and he can run in transition. He fits the Raptors so well, not as a point guard. Right. There's like a lot of appeal to that. And so I wonder if that's where they tap into, like they asked him to play faster. And so he started playing faster and things went really badly <laughs> at times. Right. And so, as you said, the discipline, right. And I find that right now in summer league, and he was doing this last season too, that when there's like those little alleys for the ball, he wants to throw it. And that's good. Sometimes it works. Other times it doesn't obviously, but then what kind of position are you putting your teammate in? Are they even in a spot where they can actually score the ball? If a person is running along the baseline and you pass to them on the move around the mid-range area, like what are they doing with the ball now? Like unless you have like Kevin Durant, for instance, that probably isn't a good spot for them to be and they're not going to be able to get a shot off. So it's like the little things like that. And there was an example in that jazz game uh, the other day where he missed Ron Harper Jr. wide open towards the end of the second quarter, right? He was wide open and Delano Banton goes into the lane. He penetrates, great. Three bodies are in front of him. Nothing good happens. But then the other side of Delano Banton, early third quarter, he's driving, he's driving, he's driving. He gets to the rim. He fires this left-handed missile across his body to Ron Harper Jr. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? That, like, that's a really impressive stuff that not a lot of players can do at his height and his size. And so you want to tap into that too. It's like, where's the nuance in it? Like, where's the balance? And I think he's still struggling with that, understandably. And I, I think that if the Raptors really want to, you know, limit the min amount of minutes that like OG and Pascal and Scotty are playing, you could probably put Delano Banton out there for like 10 minutes in an off ball role. And maybe that's his best way that he's going to be able to help the Raptors next season. Yeah, it's a good observation that they've mentioned they're trying to get him. They know his on-ball skills are are good, but they're trying to develop his off-ball skills because if he has that size to be making cuts and to be if he can develop that three-point shot, that's something that could make him a valuable player. We know he has that size and that speed to defend across yeah. multiple positions, something the Raptors really value. So you're right. If he can become sort of a do-it-all player, something the Raptors are trying to build their rosters with, sure. um, 
that's something that we know the Raptors really, really value and to make him sort of versatile. And again, I think we're sort of grading him on a scale here. This isn't to say he hasn't been very impressive, but we're holding mm. him to a standard of he should be the best player on this team. He should be the kind of player that we're grading on, on a scale. Can he be a rotation player for the Raptors next yeah. season? So if he wants to be a rotation player for the Raptors and not for the Raptor 905, it's about limiting those turnovers. And that's something we'll have to see both throughout the rest of summer league and into the preseason for him. Yeah. Let's shift to Armani Brooks, another player who's on a non-guaranteed contract, who's looking for a prove him kind of situation where he's able to earn his spot. Um, what I love about Armani Brooks is that he's able to be a really good three-point shooter sometimes. What I don't like about Armani Brooks is that sometimes he's really not a good three-point shooter. He's taken the fourth most threes in summer league so far. And while those guys that he's competing with in terms of attempts, they're shooting around 35% from three, he's at 28. And it's really cool when it goes in and it looks really nice and it's fluid. And sometimes he reels off these shots where it's like, you know, J.R. Smith mode, where he's like, I prefer contested shots because they're a lot more fun versus uncontested, which are kind of boring. It seems like he taps into that sometimes. So he's been up and down. I don't think he's necessarily shown that he's able to do anything much better than what he's shown uh, last season. I think he is an NBA player, but is he on the Toronto Raptors next season? Eh, eh, eh. He, he, he doesn't really fit the mold in the sense that he's sort of a one dimensional player. And, yeah. and we know the Raptors cut Sam Decker, who's sort of, the similar mold last season, although Sam Decker was a little bit taller and maybe a little bit more talented. Yeah. But Brooks is a sort of an, ira an irrational confidence shooter where he's going to go up, he's going to take those shots. And when they go in, as you mentioned, you're like, oh my God, how did he hit that off balance, you know, guy in his face shot? He's an yeah, NBA sure. player, he's a star. And then you look at it and you're like, wait, why did you take that shot when it doesn't go in? So, so much of it, it just comes down to results. And right now, those results aren't going his way. And in the NBA, it's sort of, they say it's a make or miss league. And right now he's missing. And when he's taking those shots and missing you're like man that's that's a really bad shot you can't be taking those shots and yeah you know the Raptors could use some more shooting but I'm not sure they're looking for that kind of shooting right now and we got to see how some players come back too I would imagine that a lot of them are going to come back much better three-point shooters we didn't get to see just champagne which is unfortunate because I think he would have been able to you know prove that he's been uh, able to get in the lab and prove his shot uh, improve his shot quite a bit Nick Nurse has said already that you know before summer league they asked him to increase the speed of his jumper and it seems like you know from what champagne was saying that he was able to do it and so he's another person along with donald banton that uh, will probably be vying for some rotation minutes hopefully you know i would imagine that those two guys are going to get their contracts guaranteed they're going to be on the raptors next season um after that happens now you're at 14 players on your roster you're allowed 15 so this person i'm going to mention now could be the person where you know they're able to uh potentially get themselves a spot I would assume that there might be some other roster things happening with the Raptors. Mikhail Luke. We'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, DJ Wilson had a great game against the Utah Jazz. Great. Love it. It was his first great game of, of the summer league. So those first two yeah. games were, were very dicey yeah very iffy mm. but he he looked much better in that third game and showed again he's one of those tweeners where he's six foot ten but he's a little you know thin a little mm. small but the raptors like those guys i keep using that term sort of as a, a negative but in today's game and certainly in raptors ball that's okay he has a bit of that catch and shoot being a six foot ten guy who can you know hold his own in the paint now he's not going to go up against the biggest bigs as we talked about similar to coloco but he can stretch the floor a little bit we saw some of those skills that he has as a catch and shoot player as a guy i think he hit a turnaround you know fade way sort of a Kevin yeah. Durant-esque shot at least for the summer league the, uh, the last game and he has some of those skills but you talked about it the Raptors have a lot of depth right now they have a guy like Svima Hailuk who you know right now it looks like he might not be back with the team he has a guaranteed deal but the Raptors might want to say 
we'll cut our losses on that. You have Armani Brooks, who's competing for a spot. You have Delano Banton and Justin Champagne, who are likely going to get those spots on the team. So to me, there might only be one spot up for grabs. Plus, we're not even including guys who might come in on Exhibit 10 deals or, or training yeah. camp offers where you never know. You weren't thinking about the guys like Ishmael Wainwright, who suddenly became you know, a valuable player for the Suns last year, or guys like Isak Bonga, who were not, you know, guys on the front of my mm. mind coming out of summer league, sure. although he played, but suddenly makes the team or Sam Decker, another name. So Freddie Gillespie, Down. we're talking Down. about all the guys. We, we, we <laughs> yeah. spent all this time talking about last season, didn't yeah. end up making a big impact for the Raptors, if any impact. So we don't know what, who are, who's going to be in that picture. We know we'll probably have Armani Brooks. We'll probably have DJ Wilson. There might be another guy sort of off the radar right now, but those are the guys probably mm -hmm. competing for one spot. And then they probably won't play a ton next season. And the question is, sure. do the Raptors have COVID issues or injury issues? We'll knock on wood mm -hmm. again and hope those things don't happen. But can you you know, come in in a pinch for the Raptors and contribute a little bit. We saw DJ Wilson did that briefly last season when the Raptors had those COVID issues. Nick Nurse really liked it. So maybe he can do that again this year. I'll give him some credit that, you know, he hasn't played five on five basketball like un until summer league, right? He, uh, if you all remember, he was on some 10 days with the Raptors. He had an knee injury and that was it for him. This is the first time he's played like true basketball five on five since that injury. So I imagine it took him some games to get himself right. But I mean, over the past two games, he's five of 10 from three. And that is your separator, Mr. DJ Wilson. If you're able to come in and be a true pick and pop big. And also I kind of like his mid range game. You know, if he's that person who's like at the run of the free throw line extended, he's able to just like at least create a tension there in those minutes. If he's able to, like, we're talking a lot of hypotheticals, right? But they don't, Raptors don't have a lot of guys who can like hit that shot from the free throw line extended. And then I think about, okay, so you got Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, all guys who could like really just bully people in the low post. Maybe there's like some sort of synergy there. You're like, we're again, we're talking a lot of hypotheticals, but him being able to uh, hit shots from the perimeter is going to be his separator. If he's able to do that, the Raptors are going to give him a really good shot um, to at least be, you know, a roster roster player. And if it works out, great. If not, I think DJ Wilson's probably going to be in the NBA next season because he's a, he's an NBA player. Um, I like his ability to run in transition. At six ten, he's able to be pretty lean and versatile, and he's able to do some like kind of guard tendency things. He was another person who uh, had like a late a late growth spurt. Right. And so from that, he was told that, okay, so now you're going to be a big. So he's got those skills, a little bit of ball handling skills, not a lot, but he can get the ball across half court. DJ is a natural fit in that way. Um, how much of a fit? And we'll have to see it. They're, they're going to have some really tough decisions to make, man. Like really, really tough ones. The last person we're going to talk about here uh, is David Johnson. Um, someone that was on a two-way last year. He's currently unsigned and they're going to have to make some decisions on him, but I'll give him again, some, some credit that he looks like he's really, you know, focused his offseason on his body because he does look a lot more explosive these days yeah he had that crazy dunk the other night Whew. which was probably yeah. the best moment he's had from summer league so far but a guy who hasn't really shown it so far he had an injury plague season last year and i think that could you know cost yeah. him big time right now he hasn't been had a spectacular summer league by any means now there's still time i think two games left one tonight um and one coming up where he has the chance and then he'll probably you know be in the mix at training camp and maybe in preseason but a guy who hasn't shown a ton of you know nba skills right now yeah. and we keep talking about all these guys who armani brooks is getting a look and dj wilson is getting a look and Svima Hailuk will probably get another look at least uh for training camp and when you're talking yeah. about these guys the raptors have a lot of these guys in the mix and dj wilson or sorry not dj wilson uh, david johnson 
hasn't really shown much where he deserves a look and, and he's competing yeah. against guys who have a few years on him. So to me, you know, I don't want to pronounce his NBA career with the Raptors dead right now, but things aren't looking great for him right now. That doesn't mean he won't get a chance in the G league with someone else or, or on another mm -hmm. roster right now, but yeah. things are getting really tight. And so far, at least he hasn't shown much um, to warrant a spot. Getting a chance to do some more ball handling, I think, would be really valuable for him. And I would imagine someone will give him a shot because he had some moments, right, in the G League last year. Um, and if he's able to maintain his fitness, if he's able to show off the explosiveness, he's able to, he's got a bit of Norm Powell in him, right? Like with some of his long strides and the way he's able to do those power dribbles that he uses. I think uh, a team, some team would be interested in seeing what they could make of him. He's only 21 years old. I'm just not sure because of the Raptors and their situation. Like I, I mentioned, Doubting again, right? He's shown a lot. And if the Raptors are really interested in showing uh, and getting, giving him a chance, then maybe David Johnson isn't the guy that they're going to be keeping around because Doubting could be like a more of a, a finished product in terms of what they need. It could help the roster uh, a lot sooner. Who knows? And, and, and these conversations are always tough to have. And, and, and you're hopeful that a guy like Ishmael Wainwright, who's cut by the Raptors, goes on and finds success somewhere else. And you're hopeful like yeah. a guy like O'Shea Brissett gets cut by the Raptors and goes on somewhere else and has success. So that doesn't mean your NBA career is dead by any means. And, you know, it, mm -hmm. it sucks talking about someone potentially losing their job and their dream or whatever it is. But, you know, we're talking about a Raptors roster that has so many guys. And, and we keep talking about who's going to be in the rotation, who's not going to be in the rotation. Well, You've got Precious Achua, you've got Thad Young, you've got Otto Porter, you've got Kem Birch, yeah, you have Delano Banton. Maybe are, are you ready to write yeah. off Malachi Flynn? You have all these guys, and we're talking about a, a rotation that you know could be eight, nine, ten guys deep. And you're not seeing rotations that are 10, 12, 13, 14 players mm -hmm. deep on a regular basis. You have to have those guys because you never know when injuries are going to happen. Nick Nurse keeps talking about how you can't go into a season with eight guys. You need to go into a season with 14 guys because you're going to play your 14th man. But rotations on a nightly basis, you're not playing your 14th man. So yeah. you need to go in with talent, but a lot of those guys are going to be sitting on the bench most nights. And the Raptors are going to have some tough decisions to make. Very, very tough decisions. And then there's a Kevin Durant thing. It's still up in the air. We still don't know if he's going to be a Toronto Raptor next season or a Phoenix Sun or a Brooklyn Net or whatever's going to happen. I did see his brother a few weeks ago. Uh, there was a question, I think, on some sort of IG post and his brother weighed in. And the thing was they were talking about is like, you know, maybe he'll just be a net next season. He's like, no. Nah. He's not going to be in that next season. Well, well so, why don't you tweet it, Kevin? You never know when you're going to get a response. So maybe ask him, what's the deal? And tell him what's, what's defining your legacy right now. And maybe you'll get a response. He wants to know what's defining our legacies these days. That's what he sent out the other day. He's like, what have you done today to help your legacy? And he was quote tweeting some random ones. I'm not sure what he's up to, man. He loves playing the game. And I think the Raptors honestly are playing some games too, because they're also sending some really cryptic messages. Um, I'm not sure, but Pascal, Fred Van Vliet, like, please just don't. Like, we don't need this stuff, right? Like, I want everyone to come back next season. Kevin Durant, go to the Phoenix Suns, win your championship or whatever, and just let's leave the Raptors alone. Leave the Raptors alone. They're building something. Things are fun. I want to see the the vibes again. I think I think that's that. ultimately what's going to happen. So don't you worry. Yeah. yeah. But then Kevin Durant happens and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, we got Kevin Durant and that's actually kind of cool. All right, Aaron, uh, what's coming up for you? What's going on? Are you going to take some time off uh, after summer league? Is that your, your, your deal? 
Well, more summer league time. And then, you know, until this Durant thing is settled or until the Jazz make their moves, I'm sure we'll have lots more uh, to talk about and lots more to write about. So, you know, there's never yeah. a dull moment in the NBA. Just when you think that things are going to go quiet, all of a sudden you get a, a woge bomb on your phone. <laughs> So-and-so has requested yeah. a trade. So, you know, I, I don't sleep well at nights just thinking what's going to happen right now. You know, sometimes <laughs> it's the middle of the night when you get a notification, Kawhi Leonard's yeah. a Raptor or what happened. Sure, so, sure, sure. Uh, never too much time off in the NBA world. 365, man. 365, 24-7. All right, Aaron. He's SI.com. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, what's the what's the handle? Aaron Ben Rose on all social media platforms. So you'll find Indeed. me there. Indeed. That was a smart move. All right. Thanks so much, man. Uh, everyone, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.